This episode has been brought to you by Curious Thing, a voice AI tool you can use to reimagine your recruitment process. Curious Thing is an AI phone interviewer that screens all candidates who apply for a job. But unlike a human recruiter, Curious Thing is always available and can interview candidates at any time of the day or night. The best part is Curiousing doesn't just record candidate interviews, it analyzes responses and creates a candidate profile that recruiters can use to make quick data-driven shortlisting decisions. Using Curiousing saves recruiters a lot of time and has proven to increase candidate engagement and conversion. Interested or curious? See what I did there? <laughs> hit to <laughs> hit to curiousthing.org. Io to learn more. Mention Tarpod and get ten percent off your first three months. Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tarpod. It's Lauren. And Craig here. And today, Lauren, we have got an amazing guest. And wait for this mouthful. We have the founder and talent acquisition transformation consultant at Talent Rich, founder at the Circle Back Initiative and volunteer over at Jobs for Australia. Welcome, Steve Gard. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Is that a fold-out business card? Yeah, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? (laughs) Really long business card. (laughs) So you've been busy, clearly. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been an interesting, busy, busy year. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get to that, why don't we talk a little bit about your background and how you got into recruitment? So tell us that story. Sure. Um, well, I'm I'm a c- career recruiter. It's all I've ever done. Oh. Um, so straight I, out of I, school into recruitment. Well, actually, straight out of university into recruitment. So I I, I, I start. I did notice, sorry, that you did a really interesting degree, a Bachelor of Arts in HR Development Technology. Yeah, I've never heard yeah, of that. Well, never heard of it. Well, yeah, I mean the story. The story is I wasn't actually doing that degree to start with. I did a, <laughs> I did a business studies degree. Um, I had a brilliant year, so much fun in year one that I failed year one. <laughs> and um, got a got a call in summer and said you, you haven't you haven't passed. You need to come back and do some more exams. <laughs> so I did, went back and did some more exams. It's summer school still didn't, still didn't pass, and they said. But um, we, we really like you, and we've got a new a new uh, degree coming on. It's three years, so you'll finish at the same time. Are you up for it? I said, yeah, it sounds great. And they said, well, do you want to know what it is first? <laughs> um, and it was, yeah, so it's human resource development technology. So it's all about how we use or how to use technology around human resource development. <laughs> wow, that that's really interesting. So you were, you were a pioneer in that course, or a guinea pig, whichever way you look yeah, at it. I like to think I was a pioneer, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, going to go with crash test dummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, I, I'm not sure if it actually continued beyond the first, uh, first <laughs> thing that went through it. But it was, it was great. So we were learning, you know, how to use technology around sort of training and development. <laughs> so, yeah. And from there you jumped straight into the, the crazy life of recruitment. Yeah, so we did we did a bit of recruitment elements in that in that um, in that degree, and I I always sort of really enjoyed that bit. Yeah, made made the conscious decision to go into recruitment and and went straight into sort of agency recruitment. Mm-hmm. My first job was um, with Manpower back in nineteen ninety six. So that, we were using that's the recruitment agency, not the on stage um, review ensemble Manpower. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to need therapy after this podcast. 
are we still live? Is yes. Still live? <laughs> um, yeah. So recruit. Yeah, recruit the recruitment agency. So I was, I was um, in the high street in Guildford in Surrey in the UK, hiring um, drivers and industrial staff. It's brilliant. Really good introduction to recruitment. I loved it. I was quite a shy guy back then, so it was quite good to get me on the phone and speaking to people. Something the industrial space. Yeah. Good yeah, old blue so collar recruitment. Can't get any better, can you? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and Why from there, where'd you go? Oh, sorry. Oh, gosh, right. okay. No, you take it, Craig. It's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to nap in the background. Well, you need a nap, don't you? <laughs> You've got a crazy little puppy keeping up at all hours. <laughs> yeah, sure do. Yeah, and, then, and then I went into sort of IT and telecoms recruitment, but I always I always wanted to go, and, and sorry, that was agency in, in London, but I always wanted to go in-house, always wanted to sort of utilise the, the bit of the degree that I enjoyed. Did a number of different in-house roles, uh, worked for Rentkill Initial in the UK, building their sales recruitment uh, in-house. Um, and then my last role in the UK was with British Telecom. I was with them for six years. I led their management consultancy recruitment. And then uh, relaunched their graduate and undergraduate recruitment after the global financial crisis. They stopped it for a year. And then a year later, they said, hey, we'd love you to rebuild it for us. Can you go wow. and tell Oxford University that we want their students <laughs> again? Um, which was interesting conversations uh, to have with with those unis, and then moved to the to the Middle East. Um, so I was in um, Middle East for six years. So I was in du- lived in Dubai. And what attracted you there? Well, it was tax free, and um, a couple <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> and my wife's Australian, so the deal was we were always going to move to Australia, and we thought, okay, well, let's stop in Dubai on the on the on the way. Um, Long layover, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. But it, actually, the, the, the role that I, w- I was spoken to about and actually took on was what really interested me. So it was a Greenfield site, big retailer and distributor out there. They manage a lot of the luxury fashion and beauty brands. Mm. How I got the job there, I have no idea because I've got no <laughs> fashion sense or sense at all. But um, they, they wanted to sort of transfer, transform their recruitment. Um, so, um, you know, building their digital presence, the, uh, the whole end-to-end process, really. And then I worked for AIG in the Middle East. So I was heading recruitment for them in Middle East, Africa, India, and a couple of Eastern European countries. Um, was made redundant from there. Um which is part of the, so I've lived that sort of experience of, of losing a role, which is where Circle Back came, mm. came from a little bit mm. as well. And then we moved to, uh, I did a year's consulting in, in the Middle East and then moved to Australia. And my last role was oh, um, head of TA at Good Start Early Learning. So did mm. two years transformation there, managing a team of 30, uh, which was great, but always wanted to run my own, run my own things to start yeah. a talent rich last year. Well, this is where we want to talk to you today because you also started the Circle Back initiative this year in the midst of COVID with so many people losing their roles, being made redundant. Uh, Our job figures of unemployment are going to hit the roof when we lose the wage subsidies that the government are providing. Uh, Tell us how it all started and what Circle Back's about. Yeah, so, well, Circle Back's all, all about really employers coming together to commit to responding to candidates and and really where it all came from was um, a lot of the work I was doing with Jobs for Australia so I was coaching working with job seekers uh, along with the other superb volunteers there so shout out to those guys they do a fantastic job but um, they are I I, um, I agree shout out to them all well done um but actually seeing how much hope was going into every application how much time was going into application how you know um, the job seekers I was speaking to really wanted to get their CVs perfect for each role mm. that they were applying for. And you could see also feel the sort of stress and the anxiety that they were going through, but not hearing back from 
from organizations, you know, putting, putting in two, three hours work um, to get an application right and, and then not hearing anything. And we were hearing from our TA community of, you know, recruitment, us recruiters not hearing back as, as well. And I was thinking, well, you know, we know the game. We know how it works, you know, mm. but we're still finding it stressful. So how stressful to people who don't understand what works behind or what goes on behind the scenes in recruitment? Yeah. Um, mm. How do they feel? And I just thought we've got to, is there a way that we can change this sort of, I guess this negative terminology we use on job ads, like, you know, we'll only respond to shortlisted applicants or when you get an automated response back saying, look, if you don't hear from us in four weeks, please presume your application has been unsuccessful. How can we start to change this and start to say, stop saying what we're not going to do for a candidate and actually say what we are going to do for a candidate. And mm. that's really where it came from, really. How can we sort of change that? Because if you, you know, and I, you know, I spent some time Googling, candidate experience and if you google candidate experience it's all for the benefit of the employer if you read right. about it it's all about what's in it for the employer mm. right now i think it's what's in it for the candidate um mm. you know we've, i think as employers we've got a duty if we're posting job ads and we're inviting applications we've got a duty to own both sides of that outcome of doing mm. of, of that choice that we make so that's really where it, really where it came from how can i how can we build something that Employers can get on board with, candidates can see uh, or have that consistent message. They can see they're aligned to commitment to get back to everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think um, survey after survey from a candidate perspective has shown over the years that ignorance or communication are the two biggest issues from their end in, in a in an application process. Uh, so many people fall through the cracks. So many people – look, even – and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it during COVID where a lot of talent acquisition teams have constricted or got smaller and yet application numbers have increased. How, what sort of techniques can people use to make sure that they are responding when they may feel that they have no, no time? Does it come back to the right tech stack or does it come back to processes at the start? How do you, how do you work with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, for, I think the first thing to say, but, you know, what, what I found throughout this sort of process, and we've, we've been running, well, I've been running this for probably about three and a half months now. Mm. One thing that is really clear, and I'm pretty convinced on, is that um, it's not it's not that recruiters don't want to get back. I don't think it's that mindset. I think it's because of process. I think it is also... Uh, based on capacity and the number of applications mm. they're getting, but it's often also well, the sheer thing. volume. Like we're both well, in some of the same groups together, and we have drinks on Fridays. But just talking like six, seven hundred applicants for one role—that's yeah. that's. And if you've got one recruiter working on that, that's a freaking lot of CVs to get through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's so. I think it's the tech. I think it's the tech that's yep. in play, and how you're using that tech, and how you've set mm. that up number one and you know a lot of the organizations that i've been speaking to have said look you know we're not quite there yet we can't quite meet the standards that you've set but we're now going to go away and start working towards them well that's great i mean that's part of the whole reason i've set it up whether they become a circle back initiative employer or not doesn't matter that are actually trying to make a make a difference um but you know a lot of the advice i've been giving is around sort of the tech that they could be using Yep. Even you know those smaller organisations that aren't using the back end of Seek effectively. That I mean, Seek can do pretty much, you know, get back to candidates for you or free versions of some of the ATSs out there. Mm. But I also think it comes back to the start of the process. The, the, the mindset of getting back to applicants really starts with our go to market strategy. So again, I had a conversation with somebody who was saying, "Look, you know, I've, I've we've got hundreds and hundreds of applications. We've advertised on Seek, Indeed, Jura, 
you know, three or four other yeah. websites. It's like, well, this is our choice. Our choice, we pick our go-to-market strategy. Mm. Think about when we do go to market, not just how do I fill this role, but how do I get back to everyone as well? Yeah. Um, so sort of building a strategy that allows you to, I mean, my, my, again, my view is if, we, if we're going to market up inviting applications, we, we have to own both sides of that outcome. Mm. So what would you recommend to an employer and where to start in this type of initiative on how, how to get back to, say, that 600 applicants for that one role? Yeah, I, I, again, I think, I think to start with, it's having that right tech in play mm. um, and having it set up in a, in a way that um, allows you know, an efficient way to get back to candidates, but an effective way as, as well. And again, my view is I think if you've got 600 applicants, you should be looking through all those 600 applicants anyway with the right tech in play. It's almost a click of the button after you've reviewed that application to, to, let, to let them know the outcome. You know, the first step really is just getting that getting that right tech in in, in place yeah. um, to be able to manage those applications effectively. And as you also mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, the the go to market strategy f- for attraction. Yeah. If you think of that as a first point, and maybe being more specialised in where you're, you're looking to attract candidates from, that volume of candidates that sometimes aren't as aligned to the role might reduce a little bit and, and enable. Uh, companies to be able to get back to everyone and and engage every candidate along the journey yeah and it's often about the job ad that you're writing as well i mean it's if you if you're sort of writing quite a generic you know job you know posting a job description as a job ad and and not really looking at that sort of that application uh, or the pre-application funnel where you're sort of grabbing their attention you're, you're building their interest and then you're getting a either creating desire because it's a role that you're going to be undersubscribed for or helping the candidate make a decision on whether it's the right role before they take the action of applying. Yeah. So often writing of the job ad as well is, 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 uh, is, is important step, making it, making it really, really clear what the criteria are. Yeah. No, no, I'm really it, glad that we've I, gone past those days of using the word ninja and that shit in job ads. <laughs> I remember those days and you all of a sudden recruited agencies more so than anyone else and they'd be using those crazy-ass words. I'm like, really? Anyway, that's just my gripe. <laughs> You're a classic. I noticed that you uh, did a radio interview last last week or just the week before last with um, ABC Brisbane talking about the Circle Back initiative and then they posted uh, a sort of a summary to that to their Facebook page and there's been over 230 comments and yep. almost without wavering those comments are, are come from a, a candidate sharing a negative experience, whether it be agency mm. or in-house about how or I've applied for jobs and haven't heard back anything at all. And and this is a it's it's an avalanche or a tsunami, isn't it, of of candidates mm. that and we and we've discussed this I think in the past, but recruitment in, in a crude way, uh, we're in the business of rejection. Right. If if six hundred people are applying for a job where there's one person, five hundred and ninety nine people are rejected in a process for some reason or another. They might do it by themselves or they might be rejected or they might just not get back to. So we're in a industry where we're very open to our people involved with the process making negative connotations or having a negative connotation with the application process. So we can sit there from a recruitment side and say, well, that's their problem, or we can jump on board with something like Circle Back and say, let's take the initiative and let's take the responsibility and improve the standing of the of the industry, both agency and in-house, across the board or across society. 
Mm. See, I got the impression too, reading a lot of those comments on that feed, it's sort of, yes, in-house and agency are both at fault here. I think both of them have a long way to go here. A lot of it seems to be the burn and churn of agency. And I don't want to slag agency off because I've got my feet in both ponds here of agency and internal. But it almost feels like that the, the agency kids out there are just, they've got to just slam those phones and they just don't have time for candidate feedback because it's all about the bottom line, which mm. maybe agencies need to start looking at something working with you in Circle Back and having a candidate care department. Yeah. And, and actually, I'm looking at creating an agency version of this very, very soon. I wanted to get the employer one sort of up and running. Um, mm. And it's sort of, uh, I'm sort of building the plane as I'm, as I'm flying it to some extent. Yeah. I really didn't know where this was going to go. And it was a sort of labour of love of trying to fix it. But agency is the next, the next sort mm. of cab off the rank, really. And we're going to create a version for uh, for them because yeah it's in and it, i mean it's like it's slightly different right there's different pressures with with agency than there is in in-house oh absolutely those but, poor, i feel fear yeah. for some of those yeah. kids some yeah. days yeah <laughs> so, totally agree but again you know it's this is an opportunity for organizations you know organizations that maybe haven't got or been able to get you know ta leaders or or, or agencies haven't been able to get investment in tech yeah. This is a great opportunity to actually now go back and say, look, you know, we want to be part of this initiative. This is the impact on of our brand of of, um, of not getting back to Canada. So I'm more than happy to speak to anybody on what that might look like and how you might calculate that. You know, we need to invest in, in an ATS or whatever it might be to really support us um, in that respect. Mm. Well, it's it's been, look, three and a half months, you said before, that's in, that you yeah. started. And as of two days ago, and I don't know whether it's changed, so you had, you've had you got 21 uh, employers or, or talent acquisition groups signed up to the initiative. Yep. Is that is that the right number at the moment? Uh, yeah, well, actually, uh, 22, we had another one sign up this morning. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. You've got some pretty big names signed up too. Yeah, some really good badges up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So if you've got Paper Cart, you've got Unity Water, MYOB, KPMG, yeah, Flybys is another one. Uh, you, you've just got some really, really big names. Well who's done. who? The who's who? Yeah. yeah, and and you know it's and we've got you know we've got a real range of organisations as well. Um, some with TA functions, some where HR are managing recruitment. You know, some big, some small. So it's it's great to see. We want to we want to encourage you know all all employees to get back, regardless of size, really. And Steve, there might be some people listening to this podcast and saying, you know, we really want to get involved. Circle back initiative sounds amazing, but we've got no budget for anything. What would you say to those people? Uh, well, it's free to sign up to to the initiative. Free. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, we, we, I wanted to make it sort of a, a you know no barrier to entry to to make this a better experience um, for mm. ca- for candidates. You know, if you want budget for for improving your in house processes, I think this is this is a, this is potentially, as I said, a good way of starting to put a good business case across uh, across that. So if mm. if there's a talent team out there or a talent function out there that perhaps hasn't got in their eyes or even from the outside a great history of getting back to candidates but they want to sign up to the circle back initiative is there a barrier to entry in that way like what commitments do they have to give to you and and how does that work yeah so that so they commit i mean the overarching commitment is they're going to respond to every candidate that applies to them and we've got five standards that we've that i've created that um that say yeah you know these are the commitments you're going to make and this is this these are the standards you're going to commit to 
Um, and there are different sort of levels of communication throughout where, wherever the candidate sort of is within the within the recruitment process. So we're saying, you know, if you run a face to face interview or 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 video interview, um, we expect the feedback to be a call to that candidate. Mm. You know, when somebody applies, we expect uh, a response back saying we've acknowledged your CV, we've got your application, but in there. You know, no wording around, you were only going to get back to shortlisted applicants or if you don't hear from us within, you know, four weeks, for example. Mm. So it depends where they are in the recruitment process, but there's five standards to set up to. And we've, we've got organisations that are now taking those five standards as a sort of a roadmap to say, okay, how can we start to change our processes? Not not, not to necessarily just join the Circle Back Initiative, but because they realise now it's the right thing to do. And is it self-regulatory or, or is there... Um do you, to keep accreditation, do does Circleback review some of their their data? Well, I'm, I'm, I'll be doing sort of the odd spot spot check with applications, but it's not we're not auditing, so it's it's not really an accreditation. It's a commitment to candidates, okay. so it's a brand commitment, really. It's an organisation saying, yeah, we're comfortable enough to put our brand up front and putting our jobs jobs uh, job ads on our careers website that this is the right thing to do. So right now it's mm. a commitment, but it's a collective recruitment uh, c- commitment across these organisations. So I'm assuming then you're going to look to expanding this in the new year and auditing and getting some sort of accreditation and moving people up the ranks through this type of system? Yeah, so next year we're just working on what this might what this might look like next year and we think I think there's going to be certainly sort of a platinum employer level where we'll do sort of audits, we'll do spot checks, we'll do candidate survey reviews, uh, but there, there'll always be there'll always be a free or or at least a very very low sort of admin cost mm. uh, membership cost to, to to become part of this because again, you know, I started it for the because I think it's the right thing we need to do, and I don't I don't want cost to be a barrier to entry. So there will be organisations that. Um, that I think will want to sort of go to that next level and have that higher level of service. But I think there will be some also that just want to want to have that sort of free membership as well. But so, yeah, just working through that now. And in case we forget later, Steve, if a business would like to discuss with you signing up to the Circleback Initiative, how, how do they contact? Is there a website? Is there a – should they reach out on LinkedIn? What's the best way? Um, well, I'm always on LinkedIn, so you can reach me there. We've got um, the Circle Back Initiative uh, company page on LinkedIn and a page on talentrich.com.au, uh, which has got a contact form to reach out to me. Excellent. And I think you've got an event coming up as well. Yes, we've got a webinar coming up um, Wednesday, the 21st of October. So we've got um, uh, Kathy from BAE Systems, who was one of our first uh, employees to sign up and uh, Laura from Papercut Software joining. And we're going to talk about what, um, what Circleback's all about, how these guys are, are meeting the standards and sharing some of their um, candidate communication strategies as well. Because this is all about, for me, you know, other organisations learning from, from the employees that sign up. So you know, sort of my, my, my ultimate goal is to, and it's a, you know, it's a big, it's a big, yeah, I'm a bit of a big dreamer, but um, I want Australia to be seen as a great place to apply for a job and a fair place to apply for a job. And so, if we can share what we what we what we do as employers um, yeah. and others can learn from it, it be, um, I think that's a, 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 the right thing to do right now. Well, I'd, I'd say well done. Hats off to you. You've done a fantastic job, and I think it's a great initiative. I'm extremely keen to see what you do on the agency side because. 
I do feel that that's a bigger fall down in getting back to candidates um, because of the pressures and the different drivers that they have. So I'd be very keen to see how that evolves. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I think the standards are going to be slightly, slightly different because they don't have full control of the recruitment process, obviously, but they certainly got control of the elements that that, that they deal with, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, just working through that now to see how we can make it, you know, f- fair and achievable, um, but also sort of push the boundaries a little bit as well. Yeah. Great initiative. Well done. It is Thanks. well done. It is fantastic. And I saw that you put, I think it was last week on on LinkedIn, where you said you'd been asked about what the goal of Circleback is, and you put it really, really succinctly and and very, um, you know, it, I was really inspired by it when you said that it's to respect the person behind every job application by becoming the norm that people receive a response, not the exception everywhere. So that's something that you're striving for within yep. Circle Back Initiative. The people that are or the businesses that have signed up to the Circle Back Initiative, that's the the account they're being held. And we at Tarpod encourage every business, no matter how big your talent function is, talk to you about signing up to the Circle Back Initiative, becoming a, a beacon for our industry in, in working towards what you're you're looking to achieve. And and I think that with more coverage and getting it out there as much as possible, this is definitely achievable. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And and you know, those organisations that need sort of advice and guide guidance on you know how to meet these standards and how to do it equally, you know, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to to have a chat. So I can't believe time's just flown by there. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us today on Tarpod. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your sunny day in Queensland, and yeah. uh, a little bit jealous that we're not there with you. Yeah, and it's been- actually, can I just say one thing before go on. we go? I just, I just want to say thanks to you guys because you know what's been great through COVID is that you guys have just been just really consistently putting stuff out, engaging with with us recruiters out there, and keeping us sort of smiling as well. So that consistency of you doing that and uh, the the content you're putting out is great. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank and that you. was a, that thanks was a, so much. A, a not cash for comments from my house. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks very much for that, Steve. And on that note, well, we've all got a smile on our face. That's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. See you next time. See you all soon. Bye. This episode has been brought to you today by Curious Thing, an AI phone interviewer for recruiters who want to automate their screening processes and gain deeper insights into their candidate pool. By using only a resume to screen applicants, you risk missing out on great hires and allowing inevitable human bias to creep into your process. So, Lauren, uh, how does Curious Thing work? Well, Greg, I can tell you it is as simple as one, two, and three. Step one, Curious Thing auto-schedules interviews with candidates. And then step two, candidates conduct a friendly 10-minute interview with our AI from anywhere at any time. And step three, hiring managers gain deeper insights into each candidate with details into their performance and fact-based benchmarks. Sounds bloody brilliant. And if you're keen (laughs) and if you're keen to learn more, visit Curious Thing.io for more information. Mention Tarpod and get 10% off your first three months. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts. No, I was exhausted, so I took half a sleeping pill last night and he's been waking me up when he wants to go to the toilet. He tried to wake me up last night and he couldn't and he pissed on the bed. <laughs> oh. And down near my feet on the opposite side of the bed is a 
huge big piss stain. So the dune is going to the dry cleaners today. Uh, they'll, they'll think you did it. <laughs> Better get myself some Tina pads, huh? <laughs> this is not uh, this is not how I imagined it would be. Hey, Trevor, aisle four. There's a spill. <laughs> Who's in charge of cleaning dunas? Aisle four. <laughs> <laughs>